welcome to our very special episode of Talking Out About. It is a special episode because uh, it is actually the two-year anniversary since I came out of the unit, which is utterly terrifying. And we are lucky enough today that we are joined by Melanie, who was in the unit with me. Um, so we're just going to have a chat about our experiences and hopefully... Maybe she'll remember a couple of bits that I didn't remember that people might find useful. And we'll just have a good old chat. So thanks for joining us, Melanie. That's all right. Thanks for having me. Well, anytime. We have had this in the works for quite some time. Um, yeah. So good to finally get it done. So we were obviously, I can't believe it was two, two years ago that we were in the unit. How scary is that? It's crazy. I can't believe it's been two years. Like two years ago, we didn't know each other. No. <laughs> Now we know everything. Yeah, and we pretty much speak every day, which is it's amazing how you can go from not knowing someone to pretty much speaking every day and kind of the journey you go on, isn't it? Like Yeah, absolutely. Quite something. So obviously this time last year, um we were in the unit. So what I'm I'm trying to think of how I want to phrase it to go in, sorry. Um what do you remember of the unit? I remember it being very social mm. and not being quite as strict and precise as I was expecting. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, I wasn't going to, like, boot camp. <laughs> because that's sort of the way it was described. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, Okay, so did you know much about the unit before you went in or were you, was it just you were told it was kind of like intensive boot camp and that was kind of all you were given? Yeah, really. We were told that every day you'd have physio, you'd see a counsellor, you'd see this person, you'd see that person and it was going to be every day for the three weeks. Mm. And that wasn't quite how it is. So I don't really remember a fair bit of my time in the unit so maybe you can actually help me piece together a couple of bits that maybe I'm missing because I don't think we've actually spoken about the unit since we left so it'll be quite interesting to see if through this conversation I end up finding memories I can't recall yeah um, definitely so it'll be interesting to see what happens so I think we met on the first day didn't we we did yeah and uh, did, did you Hang on. Did you walk past me or were we both in a wheelchair at that point? I think we were both in wheelchairs at that point. Okay, so we both went in in wheelchairs. Um, and I think we passed each other in the corridor, didn't we? We were both having the tour at the same time. Yeah. And we both looked rather shell-shocked, I think, as if I, uh, from what I can remember. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like going to another planet. Yes, it was very different because it was... it. It was like a like a circular building, wasn't it? And every it was all connected, and you can go you could go all the way around. Yeah, right. Okay, so I've not completely forgotten. That makes me feel better. No. So we met on the first day, and I remember being utterly terrified of everything and everyone. Yeah. I don't know why. I just was, and I think if you looked back through my Facebook page, you could see that I was just like, I don't want to be here. I'm too scared. I don't understand. But at that point, I was quite bad I don't think did I introduce myself to you or did no I... <laughs> I think we just sat awkwardly across the table for a long time <laughs> did I had my word search book I wouldn't go anywhere without my word search book yeah that was like my little safety blanket yeah 
And then it was a really awkward kind of like, oh, I don't know how to introduce myself because I don't know my first name and and I don't really know what I'm meant to do now. <laughs> yeah, I think I found your first name out when one of the nurses spoke to you. Because <laughs> that's really helpful of me that I didn't tell anyone my name. <clears throat> Oops, my bad. Um, so yeah, I wasn't told anything about the unit. So I had no idea, other than being really worried that I was going to be in a straitjacket. That was my main fear and that it was going to be a padded room and they wouldn't let me back out. That was yeah. my only kind of knowledge or semi-knowledge of what the unit was. So just to rest assured that did not happen, no straitjackets or padded rooms were involved, um, nope. thankfully. Um, but I remember just being really, really scared. So can you talk through like the first like couple of days? Because I can't place it. So can you talk through kind of what happened in those first couple of days for us? But the first couple of days were quite like mellow mm. for the way the the place worked. Because the first week we didn't really have any sessions with anyone. Mm. It was just sort of getting to grips with being in the building and who you were there with. We didn't mm. sort of have physio or anything until the second week. Oh, okay which I think we were all really shocked about that we waited a week before anything started. See, I don't remember that at all. No? No, I have no no placement of that at all. So. Yeah, it, it was just very strange that, like, the first week, all we really did was, like, sit in the common rooms together mm. and just sort of tried to get to know each other rather yeah. than actually doing any what you would think would be progressive work towards healing yeah that's a very but good I think, reason that I think socializing actually was very beneficial okay because I think it sort of brought you out of our shells and made you not feel like you were the only person mm. because that's how I felt like that I was the only person that had this yeah because I didn't I didn't know anyone else that had it yeah. like there was no real anyone that had it so I was very much like alone in it mm. and then meeting other people that actually had it as well you just sort of it was just like a relief that actually you weren't just this crazy person sat in a corner yeah that you know you were legitimately something going on and yeah. other people were experiencing it too I think I, I vaguely remember sitting in that kind of common room area um and like we talked about like our like how long we'd had FND and what like process we'd been through yeah vague a vague memory of that I don't remember any specifics but I I have a vague kind of understanding I think that that conversation happened yeah it did I think there was a couple of us sort of discussing how we got there mm. to that point yeah and I think most other people had been on the waiting list for quite some time yeah because you weren't on it for as long were you no, I literally ended up within in the unit within the space of like two, three weeks. Yeah, whereas I think I waited from the July nearly before. So, Blimey. Yeah, so probably like 10 months. Oh my 
goodness, that's a long wait, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I think when we were told about the unit, mm. it was, oh, this will happen really quickly. Mm. But then that was it. We didn't really hear anything for a really long time. Yeah. But once we'd had, because you didn't have an initial assessment up there, did you? No. So I, because I was deteriorating so quickly um, and it just wasn't stopping and I was just gradually losing everything, my um, big brain doctor, as I call him, my big brain doctor um, got me in there very quickly to try and stop that deterioration. Yeah. I think he was very concerned that at the rate I was going... I was going to have nothing left um, and I was going to end up in an even worse state than where I was. So I think we, I'd only just started to have my dissociative tendencies um, literally a couple of weeks before. And I remember having the phone call when I was in bed and my partner had come up to see me and he was like, you need to speak to the doctor. And I remember going, I don't know who the doctor is. And he asked me, like, did I know who I was? Did I know who was in the room with me? Did I know where I was? And I yeah. based off that conversation, I he got me in a lot quicker because he was concerned how quickly I was going. Yeah. Um, but I didn't realise that you were on the waiting list for 10 months. That's such a long time. Yeah, it is. It is crazy how long people have waited to go. But once I had my initial assessment, which was, I think, I want to say in like the f- February. Oh, okay. So it wasn't then as long to wait. Mm. But it was just getting that initial assessment to start with. Yeah. So did you have to go to the unit to like see them and stuff like that? Yeah, but you didn't get to see the unit because it was like an office outside of the unit. Was it like the when you went in the main door? It was like that car- that corridor off to the side. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I see. I, I can remember the corridor. How sad is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, so they didn't really even tell you anything about the place. Oh, okay. Whereas I think that would have helped and probably would ease people mm. slightly yeah. if they said. before Mm. they then go oh here you are for three weeks yeah and you're left because you do you feel like you're left there alone because like like jack dropped you off and like my mum and stepdad dropped me off yeah and they had to go didn't they yeah they weren't there for very long to like settle in no so it it was quite scary and so far from home. Yeah, for you in particular, it was really far away for you, wasn't it? Yeah, coming from Cornwall. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we you had that so you had that initial assessment, then you got in and then we were there. That yeah. first week was very much like socializing and working out who who everyone was and why we were there. Because it wasn't just patients with fnd in there was it there was a couple of other people in there for different reasons from what I yeah they, they do sleep studies that's it um i want to say epilepsy mm. and i want to say like alzheimer's that sort of thing because there was that lovely gentleman who um 
was um, thought he was going down a coal mine, wasn't there? Yes. Yes, I, I remember that one. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. So we we each for those who don't know anything about the unit, you had your own room with your bed in it, and you had a wardrobe and a sink, and it looked. Some of them looked out onto like the middle courtyard, and some of them looked out. I don't know so what like, they looked at Tom to. No, because I think I think what theirs would have. I suppose theirs looked out to towards the hospital, maybe. Either way, I was fortunate enough that I got to look into the courtyard. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then there was the big like wet rooms that was all shared, and then you had like the common room which had a TV in it and was a craft space, and then you had a room with an air hockey table in it. Yeah. And they had like a games console. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think we spent quite a long time playing that air hockey. And I think I yeah. got quite vicious with it in the end because I got a little bit too enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah, I think we had like six pucks on the table at one point and they were flying off. <laughs> Everyone else was like ducking. Well, um, I really liked playing air hockey. I found yeah. it clearly very therapeutic to exactly. whack a puck against the uh, the side. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. Well, uh, but that's what it is. We found things because, as you said, it wasn't like we weren't in like structured time, like nine till four each day. We found things to keep ourselves occupied with, didn't we? Yeah. And we weren't allowed to go home that first weekend. And I believe you and I then had a conversation at some point about whether or not we'd go home the second weekend. Yeah, we were... It's something we weren't going to because we didn't want to sort of go backwards. Mm. But then I think we discussed it with a couple of the nurses. Yeah. And they decided that it is actually really helpful to go home mm. because you can see where, like, things you can still struggle with mm. to then work on for that last week. Yeah. See, like, if the like tools and things they had helped at all, yeah, completely. I think it was just a very daunting experience. And then once yeah. you're in it, you're more okay with it. But it definitely took a good couple of days for that to like settle in, yeah, definitely be, be better and kind of know where you were and what the routine was. and yeah, because like there was a bit of a routine mm. in like you had to get up at a certain time and have breakfast at a certain time and dinner and tea. Mm. But then like the rest of the day was fairly unstructured unless you had a session with like the physio or the OT, mm. which we sort of they had a board and you could see when your sessions were. Yeah. But then, like, the rest of the day wasn't very structured. You could anything. They just didn't like us being in our rooms alone very much. No, it was unless you were unless you were going for a nap, I think. You yeah. Were very much encouraged to be outside of your room. Encouraged to be out and with other people. Mm. And by the end, we didn't mind that, I don't think, as much. No. I think by the end of it, we'd got used to like, you're basically living with like 12 other people and you yeah. get used to how those people work and 
you get used to like what each person will do and spend their time with I think you and I did a lot of like word searches and um we ended up crafting quite a lot didn't we yeah yeah we did a lot you are the craft guru in my mind because you taught me (laughs) all my crafting knowledge it is all thanks to you in that two week span where I actually started to engage with it and I didn't find you scary anymore because I was just like (laughs) Um, (laughs) so you are so anyone who's listening this is the craft guru she is the one that has taught me all my crafting ways it's nothing to do with me she's just a very good teacher so and then it was so you you were you came in in the wheelchair didn't you you weren't walking no I could barely walk I'd walk with a zimmer frame and you didn't did you have feeling down one side of your body or not it was like you no I had I had no feeling in either of my legs. No feel and, and your hand as well. Yeah, my right arm. That was it. So you came in, in that and then when I believe I remember, although I could have this wrong, that when your parent came to pick you up, you walked into into the room for the first time. Yeah, that was right. We'd had like a mindfulness session. Mm before they came to pick us up so I was in a and walking to them because I hadn't told them yeah how well I was doing because I didn't want to put too much pressure Mm. on it so then and I actually have a video that you recorded of (laughs) me walking in (laughs) amazing I don't I have quite a few videos that you did on my phone oh dear oh (laughs) oh oh lord Oh, that that I don't remember doing any of those, so I tried was, to think what's on there. It was just you recording me doing different things, and then so. Oh, your connection's just broken up. Can you say that again? Um, you were recording things I was doing, and mm. then sending it to my mum. Ah. So like, um, what? I don't know why, but one day we were watching films. I think. Hmm. And I was down on the floor, and you videoed me getting back up off the floor. Why were you on the floor? And why did I video that? That's such a weird thing to do. I think I was looking through the DVDs. Ah, uh, okay. And I think you videoed it because it was like the first time I'd been able to get up by myself without having to use like lots of aids. And so it was like a big moment, and you were like, I'm going to film this. <laughs> I have no memory of this, but I'm super <laughs> glad that you've got that big moment on film, like to look back on. But that's amazing, yeah. isn't it? Like you went in in a wheelchair with no feeling in your legs and in your hand. And actually, by the second week, you were walking. Yeah, it was, it was, that was crazy phenomenal. to think how in those two weeks mm. I was able to do that. Yeah. And you you had did you have quite a bit of OT as well? Yeah, they helped me with like getting my independence back to so being able to do my personal care by myself mm. and like being able to like make a cup of tea mm. and little things like that. They, they helped me phenomenally with that sort of thing. And has that all continued? Are you still able to like make yourself a cup of tea and things? Uh, I am now. Amazing. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, like after I came out of the unit, I went quite downhill 
because there was no like after support mm. so I had like no physio to carry on with yeah like no no doctors no like no one to sort of keep going with yeah and everything sort of went a bit backwards and then my seizures got worse mm. and it all just went really downhill again because you had drop seizures didn't you yes I remember, I remember you dropped on me. I think you were, we were doing some, you were walking towards me and you dropped and I stood in the corridor and went, I don't know what I'm meant to be doing. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, you do. So you can remember your, uh, what happens in your seizures? No. So I remember afterwards. Oh, okay. So I don't know what's going on whilst I'm having a seizure. Hmm. Sometimes I can like hear things that are going on. Hmm. but I don't really know what fair enough but I that's that stands out to me because you just literally you just dropped on me and I was like oh god I don't know what I'm meant to do now you'd had your absent seizures in front of me like I remember you were leaning on your water bottle under your chin and you yeah. were absent on me and I was like okay like that one I could have but when you dropped to the floor I was like oh my god I don't know what I'm meant to do now and at that point I still wasn't walking very well so I yeah. couldn't come and help you because I couldn't get to you quick enough. And I think I just ended up shouting help. And then all of a sudden all these nurses appeared. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Because I can't yeah. get you. <laughs> I think I sort of remember coming around and there being a lot of people looking mm. at me. It's always horrible when you come around from a seizure and you suddenly got all these faces near you. And you're like, um, hi. Yeah. What, I do what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you near my face? I'm fine. <laughs> Please stop staring at me. It's okay. Yeah. It is really scary when, especially if it's a lot of people you don't know. Mm. It it is very scary to all of a sudden be like, "Why are you all here?" Yeah, I think I've had it when I've been since I've been home and I was in the park and I had um, an attack, as I call it, um, and I came to. I mean, I remember roughly what happens during mine. I can still hear everything like. And things like that. I still roughly have an awareness of what's happening. And I remember just being like, I can't open my eyes because there's yeah. a lot of people around me. And I know if I see all these people's level of concern, it will make it worse. Yeah. It's daunting, isn't it? It is, yeah. So in terms of what you did with the physio to go from being in a wheelchair to being able to walk, which is absolutely amazing, what did the physio actually have you doing because I think everyone's program was slightly different I don't remember any of mine and that was part of the issue they had with me is that my short-term memory was just shocking yeah so you'd have like your by the end of the day you didn't know really what what you'd done yeah so what was your session what what mine was in yours um a lot about like awareness of what I was doing okay so we did like a few sessions where we had like a full length mirror Mm. and I had to watch myself on the way I stood up and the way I like positioned myself okay because because one leg has always been weaker for me Mm. I was sort of overcompensating so Mm. I was standing up at a tilt like I wasn't getting up straight Mm. so we we worked on like actually sitting to standing a lot and like actually doing it 
without having to hold on yeah and like work from there and tr- I and- guess trusting your body that it does know what it's doing yeah and that's what he said it is it was very much like um my memories are all there mm. but instead of them being so you have like automatic memories mm. or, and like gestures movements mm. and then like manual ones yeah so for most people walking and talking and doing that sort of stuff is an automatic response yeah um whereas mine had become like a manual response I had to stop and think about it on how to do everything so that's why then I wasn't walking right yeah and um like because I dragged my leg quite a lot Hmm. at that point and Hmm. it was like we had to try and get me walking without dragging my leg trying to get position right on the floor before I stood up yeah and I remember we did one I think maybe two sessions where um where like I punched pads on his hands and we did like a lot of moving around so I could sort of focus my balancing Okay, your uh, your internet connection cut out. So what I think you just said was that you did like um, boxing. Yes, that's what. So so it, it cut out that part where you explained. You said what it was. So you, oh. I remember doing something to do with boxing, but I don't remember why I was doing it. I just remember yeah. having great fun punching whatever it was I was punching. Yeah, I think Pat the physio thought that doing boxing was very good for all of us because mm. I seem to remember that I think all of us had at least one go at boxing. <laughs> we were just having a great time, weren't we? And I do think Pat was very good. And what he also did was he videoed me. Like, yeah, the he, first I think time, he did me as well. The first session and then the second session so I could watch back how I walked. Did you find, because... that, did you find that useful? Because I found it a little bit confusing. I did and I didn't. I, I think to start with, I was a bit confused because I was a bit like, I'm sure I don't walk like that. <laughs> That's not me. I don't do that. And then actually being able to see where I'm not walking right did help. Hmm. But we tried to do it like a couple sessions. So then I could see where things had changed. Yeah, so I... I... <laughs> I remember signing forms to say that he could video my walking. Yeah. But at that point, I was still in a very strong dissociative state. So I couldn't place that it was me doing yeah. So I still have things that I still have like videos and things of me right back at the beginning. And it's not me. I know logically it's me because it's in my house. But I yeah. can't place that it's me. Like, it feels so alien. It almost doesn't feel real. So I yeah. I was like, well, there's there's, there's not... That can't... I think I remember sitting in that back corridor where he did the physio. And I think I said to him at one point, but that's not me. And he was like, but it is because they're wearing the same clothes that you're currently wearing. And that was such a hard thing for me to grasp and understand that... yeah. The person in the video was the me and I couldn't make that link across, which is why it was so difficult. 
yeah because even though you're looking at yourself it doesn't look like you does it like in your mind it's mm. sort of like well that isn't me yeah and it's not what you remember yeah and that makes it more difficult yeah definitely I think go on. No, go on. Yeah, I don't know what I was going to say now. I've forgotten. <laughs> Carry on. I think as well, he taught me a lot about making sure I was looking after myself mm. before trying to look after other people. Mm. And he said it's quite common that a lot of people, obviously, you try to help other people. Yeah. And I've always been somebody who looks after everyone else. I'm a shoulder to cry on and I'm always there for everyone else. Yeah. But I wasn't there for myself. Yeah, it's a really hard one to do, isn't it? Yeah. And he said it's basically, and this was the analogy he used, and I say it to a lot of people, that when you're on a plane, the air hostess and say to you, if you know you're gonna crash, put your own oxygen mask on before someone else's. Mm. Because if you don't put yours on, you can't help someone else yeah and it sort of stuck with me that actually if I'm not a hundred percent in myself and I'm not taking care of myself then I can't take care of other people and you shouldn't be looking after everyone else if you can't if you're not in the right place either no you've got to be okay before you start looking after someone else I think it's just a really hard thing to do when you're so used to looking after everyone else. Yeah. Like, it's not it's not as easy as just stopping it. You yeah, you can't the... just say, right, that's it, I'm going to take care of myself. Everyone else can sort of disappear because they're still in your life, aren't they? It's yeah, there's still an element of your life and it's still very hard to say I'm worth putting first. And I think that's something I still struggle with is knowing that it doesn't make me a bad person if I choose to look after myself for a day. If I yeah. choose to sit and watch TV and not talk to anyone for a day and not check on anyone, that doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me selfish. It just means that I'm doing what's best for me. Yeah, definitely. And that's a really hard kind of lesson to try and absorb when you're very much on the other side. Like, all you've ever done is looked after everyone else. Yeah. And it really helped me because whilst I was in the unit, I had one particular person in my life that was constantly messaging me to say things weren't right with them Mm. and, you know their world was exploding Mm. which it wasn't but so they were always trying to take like my not attention but everything that I had was on what they needed yeah and Pat just sort of sat me down one day and said you just have to say no yeah you have to be able to say actually I can't deal with you because you are also bringing me down. I think it's that analogy of like, um, I don't know who told me. It might have been something that was said in the unit, actually. But I, c- I couldn't tell you for love nor money. It's about like, when a person is drowning, 
they will also drown you to try and stay alive. Like, yeah. if someone is drowning and they are really struggling, obviously that's awful. But sometimes the worst thing that you can do for yourself is to try and help them because they will climb on top of you to stop themselves from drowning. And yeah. I think as much as we want to help everyone, we've got to also draw that line of where we're okay to do that and we can do that. That's like why this has taken us a while to do this because we've both known that actually we've had other priorities that have needed to be dealt with for ourselves. Yeah, and absolutely. now that we both can, then we will. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that we aren't friends that we don't like talking to each other. It just means that actually you just need some time. And I think it's really good that we both understand that because we've, yeah. we've both been through that same process. Like I don't get mad at you if I haven't heard from you in like a week. Cause I know that you've got stuff going on and I'd like to think it's vice versa. Although you might be really mad at me. I don't know. You're playing it no. well if you are. <laughs> no, because yeah. I think we can both tell when we're both needing that time to mm. just, have some space mm. and I think that works quite well but I think had we like it's really difficult I think I guess for the outside for the people who don't have FND who who or who don't know someone with FND to understand that in yeah. a way because like you and I have got a very good understanding of how our FND works not only for ourselves but for I understand yours like I think relatively well and you understand mine relatively well yeah um, and I think I remember actually saying to someone in the unit that you knew more about me than I knew about me somehow and you yeah were, I think you were like my own encyclopedia because you had all the answers and I just sat there and went I don't know <laughs> yeah I think I sort of did a lot of introducing for you yeah just because I sort of gathered information over the weeks and I think we we joked about that a lot that I knew more about you than you did. You probably still do, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's things like that, isn't it? It's having that, like, acceptance and just, like, you're having a bad day. Like, that's okay. Like, it doesn't mean anything awful. It just means today isn't your friend. And tomorrow might be your friend, but today isn't. And yeah. having that, like, awareness. But I think that's what I learned from the unit is that acceptance like, yeah I tried I think although you might you might say something different I don't think I used my wheelchair that much in the unit no you didn't I was stubborn and I refused to I think at some points yeah and then I sort of remember one of the days that sort of all four of us that were there were all using our wheelchairs <laughs> and one of the members of staff didn't like it. Oh. And I think we all, a lot of the people that were staying in the unit got very upset with that person. Oh, well, that is news to me. But I have this memory, I think, that we were all trying to use the wheelchair to go for dinner. Mm. And she sort of snapped at us a bit and said, no. And I think we all got a bit upset about that person. Well, I guess if, like, for me, I just refused to use the wheelchair because I was just plain stubborn. Um, yeah. But I think if you're then having to go and use a wheelchair, like, you already feel like you're on the back foot. So I can, I can understand why we maybe felt a little bit 
yeah that one but I I guess it's like it's your own journey with it isn't it like I yes I used my wheelchair and like we went over for like road trips over to the main hospital didn't we yeah and we ended up going getting sort of I think we got stuck on the path at some point because there was something in the way yeah and I think um somebody that was just walking by helped us yes because we got stuck and we couldn't get past because they were digging up the road or something and yeah there was, there was three or four of us all in wheelchairs with nurses like well we can't get past um, yeah and we had to go up that hill to get to the main <laughs> one and my arms hurt so much yeah. doing that um but it's it was good in that because like, even though we were in the unit and we couldn't leave like eventually like we could go over to the hospital in a group and go to the shop or we could go into the courtyard and sit by ourselves and stuff so there was it was gradual wasn't it like you had like it was gradually built up over time yeah. and I know that the first weekend although we couldn't go home I think my parents came to see me yeah and, and I went out somewhere. yeah I think you went out with them yeah so there yeah, was still I like an that. element of freedom, although you were in a unit. Um, yeah, I don't think it felt so much like being in a hospital. Mm. Yeah, although Which I is, guess at the beginning it did because it was all brand new and then gradually it just became like your home, didn't it? Like, we yeah, at home then because we had like we had people that we knew, we got along, like we had a TV, we had air hockey, we had whatever else was going on. So therefore it became like that second home. And I remember feeling really weird about coming back to my house. Um, yeah. And finding that adjustment back really awkward. Yeah, I, I remember the same. Like, I guess you get used to it, don't you? Yeah, I think coming home was a bit like, oh, I'm in a different place again. And mm. it's almost like you've forgotten what it's like to be like in your own home yeah and not having a little window on your door so they could check on you in the night yeah (laughs) the little the little I called it the prison window I think because it it, it reminded me of Um, yeah but I think like the nurses and everyone were lovely from what I get I can remember and they they worked so hard to make it right for us and get like even though I think I was quite resistant to like mindfulness yeah I didn't, I didn't like it I felt very uncomfortable with mindfulness and didn't trust it yeah. I think we had that meditation class didn't we yeah and I, I remember did not want to do it <laughs> yeah I think we did two different ones and the first one we did me and you both sort of sat on chairs whilst everyone else was lying on the floor yeah and we were both like kept opening our eyes and looking at each other <laughs> as if to say, really, is this really what we're doing? But I think it's because like up until then, I'd never had any experience of mindfulness or meditation. And for me, it was a, it felt very vulnerable. Like yeah. your eyes were closed. You were in a room of relatively like strangers like you didn't know and for me it was a massive trust thing to even close my eyes with a room full of strangers there yeah Um, but I remember that the the lady who led it was very lovely and like I don't know if I actually did it or not but I think she offered to do like a one-to-one with me and things like that to try and help me yeah see it as not a threat 
yeah because I think then the second one we did as a group me and you both got on the floor and actually did it Mm. and I seem to remember I fell asleep (laughs) I I think it was the time that my parents came and I surprised them Mm. and everyone else getting up and you had to wake me up (laughs) I mean you were clearly very very relaxed yeah (laughs) that's not a bad thing no so you know that's fine but it was it was like it was nice that we had like different although it maybe wasn't as structured as we thought it was going to be it was nice that we had like a variety of activities yeah we we had like crafts that happened and there was that lady who came in and did craft making with us yeah which I thought was very good that they did like um art therapy and Mm. things like that with us and then there was that um we had the there was a dog that came in yeah and then we had I seem to remember something to do with sand yes sand play because me and you did it and it was basically like just putting your hands in sand (laughs) and you were like remember that moving rocks in the sand and it was we were both like what are we doing but we did it yeah and it actually was quite not fun but quite therapeutic I think because it it was just like the feel of the sand on your hands Mm. and it was very strange (laughs) I'm sure we got up to some very strange things whilst in that unit so let's just leave that one there shall we (laughs) but I think like it's things like that isn't it it's things like you as an adult you don't think that maybe playing with sand would be therapeutic but actually apparently it was yeah, There's things like that that you don't necessarily place because you're like, oh, that's for kids or oh, I've, that's not going to have any benefit for me. Oh, mindfulness isn't that effective. And then actually when you do it and you get in the habit of it, you learn quite a lot through it. So it was very cleverly structured by them because yeah. although it wasn't you're in sessions every hour on the hour, like they structured it enough that meant you could have downtime and let your brain rest. And yet you had things like the sand therapy or the craft making or the dog visit that engaged a different part of your brain and made it challenge itself in a different way. Yeah. So, I, think, I mean, that was good. I think one of like the biggest things I'd say to anyone that was going into the unit, and if they didn't know much about it or if they'd heard anything really, is that you have to be really open. Mm. Because... I think if you're not open to the possibility of something helping, yeah, it's not going to. And to also know that actually you're on your own journey mm. and that you're not all going to do the same thing. Was there, because I don't remember, was there a lot of comparison between the inpatient then as to who was doing what? How do you mean? like As in, like, was it, oh, well, you managed to walk today... And I haven't, so I'll, like, was it, like, that sort of thing? No, I don't think that. I think we did sort of have a conversation about the fact that I'd done quite well with my physio Mm. and you hadn't, but then we'd sort of discussed about how it was because of your dissociative and um, everything. And we sort of, like, talked talked it out. Yeah. And it wasn't then... We all look at... FND is such a broad condition. 
that we're not all the same we don't all have the same symptoms and they don't all look the same yeah and I think like if somebody says to you I broke my leg and you'd also broke your leg at some point you'd probably have the same journey to fix it Mm. but FND is a completely different type of journey and you've just got to like and know that you're on your own journey yeah and and that's not a bad thing no and I, I think it can make you think you're quite alone but actually you're not you've still got lots of support and other people Mm. it's just accepting that actually you might not do something the same as someone else yeah see I don't remember us having that conversation but then I don't remember a lot from that time so that's interesting to like hear that that conversation was had because yeah I guess it makes sense I just never put that piece of the puzzle in so no because like before I went to the unit I'd and like when I'd first been told I had FND and they sort of say oh you need to look at these websites and go on these Facebook groups Mm. I saw a lot of people sort of saying what they'd been through Mm. and I saw a few where people had gotten better really quickly yeah and then it was like they were absolutely fine again yeah and I was like well I've had it for this long why am I not better Mm. but there was no one to talk to about it because that's like sorry no carry on I was gonna say that's one of the best things that I think has come out of the unit although I don't remember a a vast chunk of the time the one of the best things is that actually I was able to talk about it yeah and it encouraged me whilst I already had my um life with FND Facebook page actually to meet a group of people who also had in real life and see their symptoms in real life gave me that certain like another level of acceptance I didn't know I think I needed yeah I know what you mean like it was I I felt accepted because I'd processed it to a point and kind of gone okay this sucks for a while whatever can't walk can't talk don't remember who I am but fine whatever moving on yeah and then I think to come into a room where actually everyone else is in the same sort of boat as you even if they've got different colored sails up or it's slightly bigger or slightly smaller or they've got paddles or whatever everyone's in the same sort of boat and yeah that, that kind of you weren't looked at in a way that you would feel you felt judged because it was well I'm also there I'm also going through this same yeah process as you are they knew they knew how you were feeling mm. and you didn't have to explain it yeah, it's very hard to talk to people that either don't have it and have have either like never had any health conditions mm. or don't know anyone with them mm. to explain to them what life with it is like, especially if when you look at somebody, you can't see there's something wrong with them. Yeah. It's very hard to then discuss with somebody what it's like. Mm. Because um, I think they automatically go well I can't see anything wrong with you Mm. and that sticks in their head quite a bit yeah it's really hard isn't it I know the first couple of times I braved going out however short a distance it might have been without the wheelchair like the wheelchair is a very good buffer for people they can see that you're in a chair so therefore like you they give you that space 
yeah you go start going out without the wheelchair you lose that because you just become one of the many and i think that's you you find a different kind of you've got to process going into the chair in the first place and needing it and then you have to process coming out of the chair and how people then respond to you and how you might need a bit of extra time but they don't know that you need that because by looking at you they can't see it yeah and it's that there's a whole lot of adjustment that happens with fnd and i think that's one of the things that i'm really grateful for in the unit is that actually that didn't matter yeah none of that mattered because what mattered was the fact that we were all there and we were all trying to get better the rest of it yeah. didn't didn't matter because it was our own journey or whatever but we just wanted to get better and we were there to get better and the staff were there to help us get better yeah exactly I think that's an important thing to like hold on to even if it sucks like you, everyone's on their own journey you've got to give it time and yeah. my journey might be shorter than your journey how long have you had FND for again um I've been diagnosed about three years just over maybe yeah. But I think I've had it for a few years before that. Okay. So whilst like you are like you have a longer journey with FND and mine is shorter, that doesn't matter. Like that's kind of beside the point. The point yeah. is that we we both have something that is similar, which is that we have FND and we can empathize. And I think that's something really important for those who are just going through the process of being diagnosed or recently diagnosed it's finding someone or a group of people where you can yeah. let your frustration out that your legs don't work properly or whatever it might be and I think that's really useful but it's yeah. really hard and really scary to do yeah I would definitely say to anyone that especially that's been newly diagnosed is to try and find other people whether it's on Facebook or locally mm -hmm or like online is just to find someone yeah that you can reach out to mm. to not stay behind that door of, and that wall of I'm here on my own mm. if you can reach out to just one person it makes so much difference yeah and I think it it makes even more difference that you don't have to explain yeah you just say I'm having a bad brain day and that's all that's needed and people under people understand that yeah and that's that's really useful so I think like you you had an amazing journey I, I realize some people don't like the word journey I partner doesn't like that doesn't like the fact <laughs> I phrase it as a journey um you had an amazing journey because you went in in a wheelchair and you came out walking and whilst you had a dip at the when you came out actually you've continued to just improve yeah yeah, because um, I did get worse, but actually I'm doing so much better now. Yeah, and that's amazing. I think that's really important. Like, whilst your journey meant when you came out, you were better. Mine, I came out maybe the same. I don't know. Yeah, I think you came out with a bit more knowledge, maybe. I came about... out with, with the, the, the informal diagnosis of the dissociative disorder, yeah um, which meant there was a level of understanding that I could gain because I'd been given a label for it yeah um, although that's that's you know it's is but I think I don't look at you in envy or I'm not jealous of the fact I'm just really proud of how far you came on from having no feeling in your legs to being able to walk 
is absolutely incredible. Like, I think Thank that's you. you. Everyone takes something different from their experience in the unit. You took that. I took just I don't know a level of understanding. Maybe I can't comprehend yet, but I will. Yeah. Um, and lots of other people took different things, and some people didn't enjoy their journey in the unit. No. And that's okay because it's their experience and what they thought would help them. It doesn't, we didn't need to take that on board, if that makes sense. Yeah, because I think we we had started to, hadn't we? We'd mm. like when we'd talked negatively with others, mm. we'd both found we were starting to take it too much yeah. on board. But then we had to sit down and actually go, no, because this is, I'm here for me. Yeah. But I think if you can go to the unit, it's worth doing. If it gets offered for you to go, I think people should go. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it takes a while to get through into that process, it's definitely worth going so that you can see the different approaches and work out maybe what will work for you slightly better. Yeah. Because everything you achieve, no matter how small it is, it's an achievement. Mm, It's a goal that you've reached. Whether you knew you needed to reach that goal or not. Mm. um, And I found like writing down every time I manage to do something, even if it's just something really small, I write it down. And then on the days that I'm thinking I'm actually doing really bad, I can look at those and go, actually, I've done really well. Yeah, I think that's a really that's a really lovely way of doing it. And I think that positivity really helps. And I know it's really, really hard, especially when you're having a bad day to go, oh, I'm going backwards. I'll never be right again. But actually, it's it's not you're just having a blip. You're having a rest day, as I phrase it. Like my brain is resting on a bad day. My brain has gone, it's too much, I'm now going to rest and I will feel better at a later point when I've had enough rest and that's okay. Yeah. But and yeah. It's being okay with those rest days, bad days, it's not, I think it's like taking, like we say step by step and day by day. Yeah. Because it is like um, another like phrase that Pat used was this journey is like living in the suburbs and climbing the mountains because sometimes your journey will be very flat and really easy but other times it will feel like you're climbing a mountain yeah and it's having the patience to do that yeah and that that isn't going to just change overnight no because I think that sort I was made to feel that the unit was going to do Hmm. that I would come out completely healed and I wouldn't have FND anymore. <laughs> that would be magical, wouldn't it? Yeah, and that was sort of how it was presented, was that the unit was a magical place. Well, unicorns really. Fans, and it would be perfect when you come out. Hmm. And I think um, it hit me very hard like that first week when it wasn't what I'd expected. Hmm. Which is why I think like you need to have a very open mind about what you're expecting. Yeah. I think it's just learning how to pull the tools that they give you out of your toolbox and go from there. Yeah. That's what it is. But I'm really glad that I went in when I did and I got to meet you and 
I got to have the experience I have, even if I can't place it, because actually it's it's worked wonders in its own way. And yes, it may have taken a bit more time and I maybe didn't get as much from it as they'd hoped, but I still got enough from it that it made the experience worth doing and having. Yeah. Um, you, you've done incredibly well since we were in the unit. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it... ...on how you're doing. Yeah. But I think it's a very good a good way of broadening your horizon to what might work and that's what's important i yeah. just can't quite get my head around the fact that it's two years since we were there that's yeah I, I keep seeing things coming up on facebook and i'm just like no that can't be right <laughs> it's been two years which is yeah. bonkers but it's been has it been two years it yeah yeah so Oh my goodness. Last. So this would be our second week in the unit. Oh my goodness. That is weird. Yeah. So weird. So weird. But you know what? It was worth it. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the main message I think that needs to come out of this is that if you get the opportunity to go, you go and you go with a very open mind and you just take everything you can from it. Yeah. And that's all you can do. And that's yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for talking to me and okay, for helping for me, me relive parts of my unit experience that maybe I didn't remember. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. It's been enlightening. And yeah, and maybe we can have you on again at another point to talk through kind of your journey since the unit and we'll do that. Is that all right with you? Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Amazing. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And I mean, I will probably speak to you in literally about five seconds um, <laughs> and I will um, speak to you soon. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.